Honey, where's my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, but... Uh, Wait, the old one or the new one? The new one. I don't know why everyone's so crazy about it. I heard that it had the most successful opening weekend for an animated movie. It, what, oh, is that just how out of the loop I am? Like, I like the first one, but why are adults going nuts over the second one? Like, it's all over my Instagram. Yeah, it's crazy, right? People are going nuts over the, the second movie. I mean, okay. the, the first one was great. Oh, it was, yeah, but I feel like I was 11. It, it, but it did just kind of come out of nowhere that the, the second, second one... was going to be big? Yeah, the second one was going to be big, and then everyone... But also a good segue to our guest, who's kind of built like the dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the same body proportions as the dad. <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> um, yeah, so welcome to Too Many Jams, a show about all things 20-year-old. With help from friends, experts, and our own personal experiences, we hope to shed some light on those topics that seem to leave our age group lost and confused. Uh, on today's episode, we're joined by Robbie's sister's boyfriend, Justin, can't say his last name, hit me with that last name, Robbie. Justin Van Hork. Okay, cool. I say Van Hornick all the time, so <laughs> it's good I didn't say that. Um, or J Van, as yeah. he's uh, familiarly known as. Um, he's got a very cool career. In fact, some would say he's got a dream job, and uh, he's living the dream, and he's just a regular Joe. And, and it's kind of cool to hear about how a regular Joe ends up living his fucking dream. Yeah, Justin has landed himself a pretty sweet job with Heineken. Well, well, formerly Heineken and now with uh, with Tiger Beer, and he'll explain more about that in the show, how he, he came about that. and um, Basically, from my perspective, he gets drunk, plays golf, works a crap load during the week with good guys and girls, and then just does it all again the next week. That's it. Super fun, and Super he loves fun. it. And he loves it. So, so if you want to know how to get a piece of that action, listen close. <laughs> Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Jam on, Rob. Jam on, Vern. Let's, Let's go. Goes another Holy shit, I hate those guys. Got another 20 year old. Fuck those guys. Somebody help these 20 year old. It's time to figure it out, Ricky. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch me. All right. Justin, with us here today. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks, Trav. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. It's our pleasure. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for being here. Thanks fact, for joining us. Thanks for having us, actually, because yeah. we're at your place right now. No yeah. problem. Thanks for hosting us. Like, once again, not able to make it to the studio because of uh, serious time constraints. Yes, but soon this will all be over. One I, more week. I write an exam on Saturday, the CFA, and I'm... I literally just showed up, gonna hit and run this interview with Jay Van. It's crunch time. It's crunch time, and then I gotta head home, get back into it. But so let's uh, let's talk about it. how's it going. Everything's going great. You know, things are busy. Uh, work's doing uh, all right. Just living the dream, really. Just like you guys kind of introduced me to. Yeah, I might have I might have oversimplified things, saying you just get drunk, play golf, and then work hard. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it. Isn't it? There is a lot of that. Yeah, involved. you know what? There is a lot of partying. Uh, we have a lot of uh, kind of work hard mentality, but we like to party hard as a team, reward ourselves. We went out with to, uh, with your team to the Casbys. Yes, we did. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, let's just say when you roll with a beer company, drinks are free. A lot drinks of dr- are free. Yeah, a lot of drink tickets seem to fly your way. Uh, in fact, more than you need. Uh, and I'm at the Casby's putting tall boys back with like grown women, grown men that are executives in your company. And I'm going to, I guess I don't like, I don't know if this is, this is their image. So I'm not even like sewering anybody. They were having a great time. And in fact, we went to church street after, I think we ended up at a, uh, drag queen show. We did. Yeah. You yeah. guys had quite I the s- night yeah. afterwards. I, uh, I somehow you found my way backstage be, uh, and uh, missed out on this. <laughs> I just, I, I guess I'm a tall guy, and I felt like my head just stuck out above the crowd. There's about 20, 30 people in this crowd for the drag queen show at a place called Cruise and Tangos, and every drag queen went up and made a fucking example of me, because I guess I look like the straightest, most awkward guy. I think they thought we were a couple. They did, because they said to me, okay, so Robbie's sister was there, and they asked me, like, they're like, is she your girlfriend? I'm like, no, and I point to Justin indicating that it's his girlfriend, and they're like, oh, you're with him, thinking I'm like pointing to Justin as my boyfriend, and then the rest of the night, everyone just thought we were gay. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, everyone kept coming up to me telling me how lucky I was the whole night and I was like yeah I was like Kara's amazing I was like I am very lucky <laughs> little did I know they were talking about Trav yeah Trav, Trav pretty much dates Mr. Incredible I know I, was, I thought I was pretty lucky and then let me also um, you know what I felt pretty good at that place I know girls like give a lot of shit to being hit on it's because guys are creepy but when it's another guy to another guy and there's no like physical threat it's just compliments they're like oh my god I, you're so hot. And you're like, wow, thank you, dude. Like, <laughs> thanks. I really appreciate that. Do you mean it? Like, yeah, wow. <laughs> like, that is so nice of you. No yeah. one says that to yeah, me. Yeah, you're not weirded out by it. No, it's not like when no. your mom calls you hands because you're like, shut up, mom, all right? <laughs> You'll say that anyway. It's like when a guy says it, you're like, you wouldn't bullshit me. No, I not at all. You, you owe me nothing. Thanks for that genuine compliment. Yeah, you know, I'll take those all night. I'm going to hit this bar more often. <laughs> um, Great night. Lots of fun. But, but anyway, a, a small yeah. snippet of a night that you guys have as a company. And yeah. this was you guys celebrating, uh, putting on a big event and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's kind of go back. So we, we know where you're at now. Sure. Let's go back. How'd you get there? Take it from your graduating high school, you're figuring your life out. What yeah. do you think your life's going to look like? Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a great question. Very tough one. Um, so I actually went to Banting High School all the way back in uh, London, Ontario. Um, shout, out. shout out to the Broncos. Represent. Um, after that, all through high school, I actually worked at a family greenhouse, Van Horks Landscaping. Was head of their landscape crew. So I did that for probably my entire life, which was amazing up until yeah, kind of I moved here. Forever. Yeah, which was great. So after being at Van Horks, I kind of went into landscape design at Fanshawe. Three-year program, only made it to two. Nice. Realized I wasn't very artistic, so I kind of uh, put more that on, on the, the back burner. Side. A little bit more on the autistic <laughs> side. <laughs> so I did that for about two years, gave up on that, couldn't draw, and then I was like, what do I want to do with my life? Oh, it's going to something with sports. So I went into golf and club management. Because you, you were a big football player? Big football player, played a lot of football growing up, high school, uh, London teams, um, junior well, teams. What does that say about the program, though? I mean, you've you did landscaping your whole life through Van Horrocks, but then yeah. you didn't want to make it through the program? Like no, you know what? Because it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. There was a lot of like the plant, the history side of things, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, but you then, know your plants. I know plants better than inside the human body. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. But then I didn't realize there was going to be all the art and everything else behind that. So kind of what goes on behind the scenes instead of like the brunt and bronze. Right. So... Yeah, you know what? It was tough. And I didn't think I could get through it. And it's something that I didn't see myself going forward into. So I was like, you know what? Got to make a change now. Um, quick little uh, question. Yeah. About Banting High School. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about this story the other night. Can yes. you tell the story when you got chased quickly? I can tell a quick little synopsis on that. Um, a little snippet. <laughs> I've never heard this story. Yeah, the story's great. So I had a buddy. I won't name any names. Chatterson. <laughs> um, gotten a little uh, tiff with uh, a girl and uh, she ends up kind of pushing him around a little bit uh, next thing you know kind of gets kicked in the face by a girl by a girl I've been there I'm kind of standing out on the sideline a little bit and then next thing you know uh, a cab rolls up and we're all kind of standing if people know Banting there's a big circle that's in the front of the school we're all kind of standing in that little kind of roundabout circle and uh, this guy gets out of the car and he, he's a big dude and I'm sitting there it's a nice kind of like spring day mm. somewhere in like some cargo shorts this is 2008 very fast somewhere in some cargo shorts some flip-flops and like a nice kind of pop collar uh golf shirt styling yeah this guy gets out and all of a sudden i hear get the guy in the red shirt i look down i'm like oh shit i'm wearing a red <laughs> shirt no one else around me is wearing a red shirt so i quickly turn get sucker punched in the face and i start sprinting and the reason why i'm sprinting because this guy that got out of the cab he's got a machete what <laughs> something that's about as long as my arm and he is what? sprinting and he's a big dude he must have been university like high school like university yeah. football kind of guy and i'm sprinting and people if you know where banting is you got limber lost it's just around the corner so i'm sprinting through limber lost glass everything all over the ground and bare feet getting chased getting by a chased, guy with a machete hopping fences hiding in bushes freaking out little did i say nothing I didn't do anything. I was a bystander. I just kind of, well, maybe I did something, but I don't remember what I did. <laughs> but that's kind of a we'll quick little that. snippet. But yeah. In fact, I've Welcome been kicked in the face in London as well. Maybe it's maybe it's just a regular occurrence. You know what? It could have been. It was uh, There was a lot of name calling. 
<laughs> and what about what about your friend? What he he survived. He survived. Um, oh, they beat oh, him up. Well, so what happened when I actually kind of was chased off into the bushes? I kind of hid there for I'd say half an hour till I kind of realized that he wasn't around me anymore. Mm-hmm. But while I was kind of hiding, one of my buddies actually was running behind me to see if I was all right. I guess the guy ends up turning around, chasing my buddy all the way back to Banting. My buddy decides to run into the front doors of the actual high school. Mm-hmm. So as he was opening the door, gets slashed all the way down the back of his arm. What? Yeah, did not go over well. Falls into the front door. Our principal's actually standing right there. Guy turns around, gone. Does Never get caught. Arrested. Does get caught. Does get caught. Yeah. Cameras. What an yeah. idiot. An idiot. What an idiot. All over some beef with some of his Whoever girlfriends Whoever you are, or dummy. You dummy. Big- Dumbass, dummy! You don't You're bring machetes. Right <laughs> you know who you are. School. You know who you are. Um, cool story, though. Yeah. So, how does yeah. that bring you to work yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how did you start working with beer after? Yeah, that? just a kind of a little. But, off uh, track. Yeah, just a little segue, a little story of Justin's experience at yeah, uh, yeah. Banting. But so uh, I guess I kind of finished off. I was uh, in the landscape design program. Yep. Got out of that after two years. Switched over to golf and kind of club facility management which I did for two years. So I was like, you know what? It's a lot I'm, of, it's all landscaping, right? Exactly. And that's what I love the most. I was like, you know what? I love golf, love sports, but I also love like turf and like plants and stuff. So I went to school to become like a super superintendent, of a golf course. Nice. And then I worked at Sunningdale for a couple of years. Yeah. And you're doing the grounds. You're part of the grounds crew. Yeah. I was now, right? raking a lot of bunkers on a daily basis and then cutting a lot of greens and cutting a lot of tee boxes. It's a good experience. So you yeah. love that. I loved it. Yeah. You get to start. I was right in my element. You start at five o'clock in the morning, you wrap up around noon, then you get to play around a golf. And by the time, by the time you do that, all your buddies are just finishing work or either waking up. So it was perfect. Nice. That's not, so you were living the dream. Yeah. I was definitely living the dream for kind of a full summer, six months. Okay. So what happened? Well, then I went back to school. Why? Because I ended up taking a business course after my two years of, um, Golf and club management. So, so wait, you yeah. you had two years yeah. in a landscape program. Yep. Yeah. And then you did two years in this golf yeah. program. Yeah. And then you decided to go back again for yeah, a business. Decided to go back, but it was more um, of an online kind of um, online structure, I guess. But at that time, Kara had actually moved to Toronto. So I was actually in the middle of maybe moving out west. Kara's Robbie's sister yes. that, he, that he's dating at the time. Just yes. for listeners. Eight years strong. Eight years. Yeah. Damn. That's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the dating episode. Yeah. But yeah, no. So I did like the online segments and then I actually was planning to move out west. So I was going to go and uh, live in Alberta for a little bit, moving dirt and tobacco. And then... Uh, you didn't want to hop on the rigs? No. You know what? I did not want to hop on the rigs. <laughs> yeah. I was actually all for it. I went to Markswork Warehouse, bought my boots, bought all my gear. And then uh, got a little sidetracked. Ended up moving the complete opposite way to Toronto. To Toronto, I was. I, I saw one of my buddies at the gym the other day in London, and he was telling me that he now works in gold mines, up in none of it. Yeah, my cousin so, does that. So he's got this. He's got this schedule where he's two weeks on. He he flies up to none of it. He works for two weeks, then he comes back and he's off for two weeks. Well, it's not rough. Not not bad at all. But like he's in the mines, dude. You're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> You live in, in like a little trailer, but it would be it'd be a good experience. What's that, what's that Zoolander line? Yeah, I'm just thinking. Of that. I'm trying to think of that. Try right working now. in the mines for thirty years. <laughs> I got the black lung. I got the pop. black lung. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you because of you got sidetracked. You did. You weren't ready to move quite out west yet. You move in with your girlfriend in Toronto, or I actually moved into uh, the girlfriend's aunt's house. He's like where Robbie Kathy currently lives. Where Robbie currently lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. So love to live in there. So, so you yeah, was, got, got the batch pad. It was absolutely incredible. I was actually upstairs. Oh, well, actually, I was downstairs too. I was a little bit of both. Okay, <laughs> moved yeah. you around. Yeah, I was moving around and a little. When you first got there, you yeah. you were working for this snowplow company. I was. You? Yes, I was working for a landscape company. Um, so I was living in Toronto, but I was commuting to Mississauga every single day. So that was rough. So I did about for about four months, and I was kind of doing some snowplowing on call. How are you getting these jobs? Yeah, so I like my back. Like I said, my background was a lot of landscaping. I actually got it through uh, Robbie's dad, John. Um, had a connection guy, for yeah. me. Yeah, kind of put me in contact with him. Drove all the way down to Mississauga for an interview. Landed that job the next day, kind of thing. Cool. And that was enough to make me 
make the jump from London and move me all the way out here to Toronto. Oh, so you had the job before you moved? Yeah, I, I, I made sure I was nice and secure before I moved. Oh, wait, but yeah. you also walk dogs. Yeah, that was after that. Oh, was that after? Yeah, that was after. Oh, because okay. you know what? I was like, you know what? I can't do this commute anymore. It was only taking me it's about a half brutal an hour. commute, man. It was horrible. Dude. I'd start work at like six in the morning, so getting there was no problem. But then I ended up staying to work till like seven or eight because I didn't want to fight two hours of traffic. I, I did the same thing. I worked out on Mississauga Road. It took me like an hour and a half to get home. Rough. Yeah. Started working out after work just to like kill time in Mississauga. Couldn't do that for more than four months. The car idling for two hours was like three hours of pay gone. Yeah, for real. And just yeah. like I would just zone out for like two hours of my day just gone into, into thin air. Maybe three sometimes if the traffic was bad. When you're working for that sales company, right? Yeah, yeah. You never yeah. get that time back. No. It's gone. But... So, so you're commu- you're commuting to Mississauga, yeah, yeah. and um, Did it win- all winter th- winter comes all through the winter. Landscaping is is over, winter. and you get to snow plowing, yeah, which you didn't like didn't, at all, right? You know what? I've done it in the past. It's just it's. Wait a minute, snow plowing like the city trucks? Yeah, you drove those? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> didn't actually drive those trucks. Would oh. drive like a four by four, and then would drive like big tractors. A four by four being like an ATV? No, four by no, four like, like a, a truck, like, like an F one, like oh, two fifty, like an F two fifty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they dope. give you a truck with a plow. Buddy, but that's a, you're living the dream again. You you went from living the dream all over the place. I'd love <laughs> to do that, man. Drink about thirty Red Bulls a night. Do you? Oh, you have to work at night. Yeah, the oh, hours are call. insane. Like you oh, get up at like two in the morning. You know when you shovel snow, how you get this like sick satisfaction of seeing like the lines and like clearing stuff. I always pictured my dream job as a retiree being a snowplow guy. Weirdly enough, you do a couple mall parking lots and then come back and tell me okay. if you still like that. <laughs> oh, I just pictured in, in my future having a long driveway that I clear. You know what I mean? Snowblower or just uh, thinking of snowblower? clearing? Uh, you, I kind of want to just shovel. No, I want it to be on the front of a vehicle. I don't want to do the work. Oh, I mean, like, you want to plow? Yeah, I want to plow it. Okay, okay. Because there's, I don't know, it's like the same satisfaction I get after vacuuming or like. Just don't have an interlocking brick driveway then. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh, those you'll are the pluck them out. Worst. You'll pluck them out. Just, just, just <laughs> thinking about plowing a whole mall parking lot overwhelms me right now. Yeah, you know what? If uh, the guys don't put the stakes in, marking kind of where the medians are, your your back's gonna hurt the next day. Oh yeah. fuck! Because you run into them. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just think. About, yeah, you're in an F two fifty and you're flying through because you got thirteen mall parking lots to do at night, and then you can go home after, or you got to circle back, so you're ripping through at like forty k. And then next thing you know, you hit one of those. And you just fly over it, eh? Oh, it's yeah, it's not good. <laughs> wait, wait. Does the does the edge of the plow catch? It's hydraulic, so it bounces up. It uh, yeah, but sometimes they're a little too high, so you'll hit one and it'll just break right through that concrete. Yeah, it's it's not very fun. <laughs> but then you just push a little snow over, and you got to deal with it in the spring. Yeah, <laughs> cost of cost of doing business. Exactly. Okay, so bad hours. Yep. You didn't like that job. No. So you know what? I got out of there, kind of. Actually, I landed another job before I left that job, which was actually uh, dog walking. Yeah. 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 You know which what? I also did. Yeah. Uh, it was a great experience. I actually did that for about five months. Um, would take about 20 dogs a day. Um, you know what? I never really thought I was actually ever going to be a dog walker. That never that thought never crossed my mind in your entire life. Well, coming from London, like you don't really have too too many dog walkers, but then you move to a city like Toronto, and there's a high rise everywhere you look. Right, it's right? a pretty fun. It was a fun summer. It was very therapeutic. Yeah, I'd call Robbie, and he'd listen to like three podcasts a day. Yeah, and every time I talked to him, there would just be dogs yapping in the background. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" He'd be like, "Oh, good." He'd be like. Chancy, Chancy, <laughs> shut up! Lucky, <laughs> Lucky, <laughs> Lucky, be rolling around in shit. Yeah, oh, you know the dogs. Oh, I know all the dogs. We had the same dog. That dog would just snip you. And uh, this this owner would let his dog fucking just shit and piss inside the house, like in this one spot. So you go to pick up the dog, it just smell like horrible in there. Horrid. And this dog Horrid. was. This is Lucky. Yeah, yeah. If this dog did not sit in the front seat. It would just start biting other dogs and like growling other dogs. Like it had to sit in the front seat. This dog was even worse than like the smell of this place and would just fucking growl and snip at you nonstop. Lucky. <laughs> but you know what? When you were one on one with it, it was a good dog. Okay. Great dog. Okay. He had his moments. But you know what? It was a lot of fun, but myself, I can't deal with a lot of smells. And like you pick up a lot of different. It's only a lot smells. of different. <laughs> 
you taste? <laughs> so, um, so dog. you're, do- it's you're a, dog walking. We'll, we'll show you the video later. It's perfect, perfect. <laughs> oh, you uh, haven't seen that video? I have not seen that video. All right. I'll check it out. <laughs> you're dog walking yep. for the summer. And then what happened next? Yeah, I did it about for about five months. And then... Uh, okay, can I pause? Yeah, yeah. You're going job to job. What is your thought process? You're like working seven jobs at this point. What are you thinking? Like reflect on that period when you're thinking back and forward of like, you're, are you not worried about like, what's your future plan in your eyes? What do you think about your past? Like how yeah. did you assess this whole situation? Hey, great question. Have you ever, have you ever seen that quickly? Have you ever seen that meme? <laughs> it's a guy from a, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's like, get a job. Sure. Why don't I just go hop in my job cannon <laughs> flying to job land <laughs> where they have jobs that grow on jobbies. I have seen that one, but you literally were in a job cannon and jobs for you did grow on jobbies. It definitely. It definitely. <laughs> so what's your thoughts? So, backtracking a little bit all through high school my dad was kind of in the grocery industry so i worked in like almost every grocery channel as well like every single department in every grocery store he was in grocery stores and landscaping no my dad was actually not in the landscaping oh that was your uncle it was my uncle and my aunt right grocery channel like you mean like i worked each department in the amp loblaws sobeys price dropper freshco all of them so you, all of them. So w- continue started. Yeah, yeah. Them. So like, what I was thinking at that time was like, I'm gonna try and gain as much possible experience as I possibly can while I'm young, and try and figure out what I want to do. Right. So that's why I hopped around. I worked for the city of London for a little while, grocery stores, landscaping, golf courses. You even testing the waters. Yeah, even started my own business for a little bit. Which was landscaping. Yeah, just cutting people's lawns. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> yeah. honest to God. <laughs> yeah. Great first business to start my cousin started it he learned as much as you possibly could from starting a business marketing sales managing people definitely cash flow what else like what else is there exactly i'm probably forgetting a few too but i had a lot of jobs but yeah so i was basically just thinking i don't know what i want to do with my life so i'm just going to test the waters dip my toe everywhere and kind of just see where the path takes me Okay, so you're walking dogs, and yeah. and at this point, are you like, okay, maybe I'm testing too many waters, or you're like, I still don't know what I want to do. What are you thinking? Yeah, still had no idea what I wanted to do, so I reached out to my dad. Parents live out in Ottawa, so I was like, Dad, like, uh, you got any links at Coca Cola? I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go and test like the food and kind of beverage kind of uh, industry for a little bit. So he's like, yeah, he's like, I got a link. So he set me up with an interview. Drove all the way out to Brampton. I was actually applying for a merchandiser role. So what that was, was I was actually going around to all the trade tour kind of stores in the downtown core of Toronto, setting up displays for when like the big wigs walk through. Okay. So I actually landed that job and then I had to put in my two weeks with the dogs, went over to Coca-Cola, started as a merchandiser, did that for about seven months. And this was right around the same time that you moved into a new place. They moved out of yeah, yeah, Daddy's, right? Yeah, so right, uh, was actually moved into a new place just before I started walking dogs. Okay. So we were only at Kathy's for, I was only at Kathy's for maybe about three, four months. And then I kind of switched over and then moved downtown to University in Dundas. Robbie, how long have you been at Kathy's? <laughs> <laughs> about a year. About a year. Okay, so let's say it was Justin and Kara, so they're splitting the cost of rent. So d- say double it three to six months, yeah. you're double that. What's the plan? <laughs> <laughs> and back to Justin. So. <laughs> because we need to move out, man. I've been in my parents' basement for about the same time. Yeah. Or oh, I don't live in my parents' basement. It's like a metaphor. You know what I mean? I live yeah, upstairs yeah. in my room, but I've been in my, you know what I mean? You're like grandma's boy. Yeah, exactly. Me, exactly. You, my brother, Jamie, my Jenny, can I get a house? Really? <laughs> That'd be a fun Four house. Four people? All right, hey, we'll, we'll, split it. We'll, we'll find Bonk a spot. Beds. Bong beds, exactly. That's the answer. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, sorry. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. All right. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Where were we? No, no. You're just talking Coca-Cola. about Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I started as a merchandiser. Did that for about seven months, and then uh, kind of actually one of Care's friends, Michelle, uh, helped me out and got me an interview with uh, sales for Coca-Cola. Nice. So I jumped on that, did a couple interviews for uh, the sales position for the downtown core, small format, landed that job and did that for about kind of uh, a year and six months. How does sales for Coca-Cola work? Like there isn't a 
person on this planet who doesn't know about Coca-Cola? Like, what does that even entail? You know what? It was. Uh, it does sell itself, but you do have a battle. There's a lot of uh, little Pepsi? convenience it's stores. It's Pepsi. Well, yeah, Coke you're fighting battle, with right? the Pepsi. You're fighting with the Coke. Who can offer what store the it's best a war kind of attrition out there? Isn't option. it? Yeah. yeah, you know what it is for sure. <laughs> just but, convenience stores just going at each other. You even have a lot of stores that have both. Yeah, they have Pepsi fridges and they have Coke fridges. Yeah, do they allow that? Oh yeah, yeah. You just got to keep your product in the doors and keep their product in their doors. So, which never happens. Were you never going? Happens. You you were going to these stores, yeah, one so by I, one, yeah. trying to get your product in there. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was actually not in a hunter role. So I already had like a set list of accounts that I was going to. It was about 140. I'd kind of hit up a week. Oh, it was more of a maintenance role. Yeah. Well, it, so I was going in and like these accounts, they wouldn't order through computers or anything like that. They'd order through me. Oh. So I'd go in, I'd kind of upsell them, tell them about new products that Coke's coming out with, um, try to sell in new fridges to their stores to try to get out the Pepsi ones. You know, it was just a battle back and forth. Mm. But yeah, I was kind of going around maintaining my like relationships, trying to get as much floor space as possible. And did you like it? Yeah. You know what? At the time I loved it. What, what about I thought it, it was did great. you enjoy? Um, a lot of people might not enjoy that type yeah. of job. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's a grind. It had its ups and downs for you, right? It did have its ups and downs. Near the, near the end, you were kind of... Um, one foot out the door. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence and the reason why I was on the fence was just because it was very, very repetitive. Mm. You know, it was kind of, you're doing the same thing every Monday, every Tuesday of every week. So you're going to see the same people and the one thing that I liked was that I just got to make like great relationships with like every single account I've ever been into. I still go and say hi to them sometimes when I'm walking by. So That's cool. Yeah, so I like that kind of aspect of it. Um, but yeah, like Robbie said, like I, my foot was kind of half in and it was just very repetitive had a lot of different kind of management changes and i just didn't see myself growing through kind of the soft drink industry don't even like pop yeah fair so yeah it was kind of it's tough to sell a product that you don't enjoy but beer beer <laughs> that's a different story beer you like beer i love <laughs> <laughs> fact you drink more beer than anyone i know actually yeah well it comes with the role but was it that was that there before the role yeah i was always a big beer drinker (laughs) always a big beer drinker liquor never sat too well with me fair and when you can get it for free then it's that's a different story too but i think where i came to be a beer drinker was my dad actually owned kind of your own u-brew all the way back in London. The like spe- a home brewer? Yeah, like before he got into the grocery industry. Oh. So you make your, it was called Henry's Brew Club in London. So you Oh, go, like he made, he had a, a decent batch. Like he. No, like people would come into his store or whatever you want to call it, make their own beer, make their own wine. They oh. could create their own different batches and then you take it home. Yeah, and you let it sit for a little bit. Yeah, ferments right? for a little while. The Van yeah. Horks are about a, this. a diverse set of industries <laughs> out there just doing all sorts of crazy stuff. All over the map. That's so cool. Yeah. They used to have these things you could buy at the grocery store to make your own beer. Have any of you guys seen that? Yeah. It's like a two liter bottle. You drop the yeast pill in. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you drop in some sort of like lemon extract or something, however you want to flavor it. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be honest, it made a really good beer. I'm not kidding. You leave it for like. I'll have to try that. I swear. I've seen them. I've never actually tried them though. I've never tried it either. I bought it when I was working at Muskoka. I tried it. It looks like you're homeless because you're using like a two liter empty 7 up bottle, is what it looks like. <laughs> And you drop in this pill and you close it and you just leave it. <laughs> or it's got a special cap that, that vents That's properly. amazing. Wait, while, while we're on this topic, another story that just popped into my head. Can you tell a story about <laughs> when you're in Muskoka and you told the guy that you were homeless? Because <laughs> oh, the, oh, the cop? <laughs> the cop. <laughs> I was homeless, man. I, I, uh, I worked in Muskoka for the Marriott one year, the JW Marriott. And I lived in staff housing well, with... Um, like 40 Bayesians and Bayesians are people from, is it Barbados? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It or sounds the right. It sounds or the Bahamas. Right. I don't remember. Option A. It was like, they talked with an accent that sounded like, yo, Wagwan, like, and it wasn't Jamaica. So just extrapolate from all that information I gave. Um, this place was not air conditioned. It was a sweat box, this, this house. And, um, basically all my friends had these gorgeous cottages right because i didn't have a place up there so i'm in staff housing but all my friends had these like family places so i didn't live at staff accommodation i would live basically out of my car because i'd go like cottage to cottage partying with friends and then you know when i'd get drunk i'd just sleep in my car (laughs) or i'd sleep at a friend's house if the party was at their place 
So I had all my clothes in the back. I had cans of soup. I had like alpha alpha Betty's or alpha Getty's, whatever, and like my clothes, bottles of water, uh, and the seats in the back of my car folded down so you could sleep. So I had a sleeping bag and a pillow. It was paradise. Oh, that's great. The old GMC Jimmy, rest in peace. Um, so I was late for work one day, and I'm fucking flying in the Jimmy down c- these country roads, going through Port Sandfield. If you know Muskoka, it's about a 50 kilometer an hour zone, and I'm passing cars like I'm... I don't even know. I don't even, uh, Robbie Gordon, Jeff Gordon out there. <laughs> and I'm flying. I, I pass a few cars very dangerously. I get to um, this car on a motorcycle and I can't get around them. It's very bendy. If you know Muskoka, you know through Port Sandfield, there's this row of driveways that you, you actually drive off the highway and it like mirrors, it parallels the highway, um, this driveway, yeah. uh, and, and then it comes back and joins the highway maybe 500 meters up. I go Dukes of Hazard on this. <laughs> I peel off around, I peel around this uh, Dodge uh, car. It was a black car, unmarked. Turns out to be a police car. Didn't know that. I peel around it and then I zip up this this driveway. I was doing easily fifty over, easily fifty over. I'm doing hundred and twenty, maybe in a fifty, and I just pass the cop and then I go off roading beside the road to try to get around this motorcycle. The Jimmy's flying. I see the lights. I'm in trouble. You know what I mean? Like this is like car impounding, reckless driving, whatever you can. And this cop flies up to my window and he lights me up. He tears me a butthole. I mean like, he's like, what do you fucking cottagers? You think you own this goddamn place? He's like, he's like, like literally taking out 10 years of hating cottagers on me. And, uh, uh, and I'm like, sir, sir, I'm like, I don't have a cottage. I'm not a cottager. He's like, yeah, what, where the fuck you live out of your fucking car or something? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do live out of my car. And he's like, what? I'm like, I live out of my car. And he's like, he looks in the back and all my shit's there. Sleeping bag, pillow, soup, clothes. <laughs> and he, he went ghost pale. He went fucking ghost pale. This is 100% true. And he goes, oh, my God. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, you live out of your car? I'm like, yeah, I live out of my car. I'm a towel boy at the Marriott, which is true. I'm like, I'm late for work. I'm sorry I was driving like that. He goes, oh, that's rough. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's a rough job. He's like, there must be real pricks there. I'm like, oh, they're real pricks. <laughs> and he's like, he's totally 180. He's, he tore me such a fucking asshole that he feels so bad now. And he's like, Okay. Uh, I'm gonna let you go this time. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna let you go. He's like, if I catch you doing that again, I can't. And he's like, what are they gonna do if you're late? I'm like, I don't know, man. They might fire me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck. They must be pricks. That's rough. He's like, all right. He's like, you know what? Sorry, man. You have a good day. But if I, if I see you driving like that, I got a ticket you. I'm like, you got it, man. Have a good day, officer. You and me against the world, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wasn't fired. Went to my buddy's cottage that night. Surfed, jet skied. Life's good. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. That was like five minutes. Let's get back to it. Well, after that story, I don't know how I'm going to keep up. Um, back into it. So Coca-Cola. Yep. Sales. Sales. You're wandering around the city. Yep. Walking about 30,000 steps a day. Um, Tracked it on a Fitbit. Nice. <laughs> you, you won all those fucking competitions, I bet. I won everything. Yeah. But I never registered for it. Okay. Yeah. So, right, that's fair. You didn't yeah. use your power no. against people. Exactly. Uh, okay. So, beer. How do we how do we get from Coca-Cola to crispy cold ones? Exactly. So, you know what? I was actually came home from work one day, went on this website called Indeed. I'd go on for like a couple hours a night, scan the web, see what was out there, and came across a role that said on-premise specialist Heineken Canada. So sent my resume in. No questions of what premise meant. No. And specialist I, I knew it was something. I knew it was something <laughs> to do with. I knew it was something to do with beer. I saw Heineken and I saw specialist, so I knew I was going to specialize in something. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be beer. You knew it was going to be on-premises. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be on-premise. And you know what? I was doing on-premise with Coca-Cola for almost two years, so I was like, you know what, I got this gig. Oh, so on-premise is an industry term. Yeah, so it's like basically going around in the trade, kind of going from bar to bar, going from grocery store to grocery store. You're not really in an office, but you're out 
in the trade. Okay, so I was making fun of premise as because I, I thought that was very vague, but you knew exactly what that meant. I knew exactly what it meant okay. right away. That's what I typed in in my shirt in my search. Oh, okay, cool, cool. No, I didn't. But I right. typed in sales rep. <laughs> I want an on-premise job. I want an on-premise. Okay, so yeah, you see that you see the job here, and then yeah, so, see the job here. Um, applied for it. Actually got a email back probably about two days later. And they're like, hey, Justin, we'd like to bring you into uh, the Molson office and give you a, uh, an interview. So I said, sure, right away. Put it for like two days later, got my suit on, drove all the way out to Molson. Where's my super <laughs> suit? <laughs> <laughs> nice gray and killer brown one. shoes. That was killer, Rob. Daps. <laughs> Daps on that. Yeah, so I get out to Molson, get a tour of the brewer, sit down, uh, kind of go through my whole interview spiel. And then actually uh, about two days later, I got called back for a phone interview i think i might have actually had you in the car or maybe i had jamie in the car i think it was jamie i had one of you I in the car remember. while i was doing my uh <laughs> interview so we were heading back to london like stepbrothers yeah so i was like just, just be quiet just be quiet it's supposed to be like a 10 minute interview and i ended up he going like 45 some minutes for you yeah just take this one jamie <laughs> Sub- do you have any references yeah my boy jamo's in the passenger seat i'm sure you let can- me just get him Sure, you can vouch. Yeah, Justin's a real solid dude. Loves beer. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. So then I accepted that, and then I started my career with uh, Heineken. Have you ever uh, interviewed for a job and not got it? Uh, No, I I have not. Knocked on wood. It's man, I cannot imagine not hiring you from an interview. You're like the most positive. Like you would, you would tick every box in an interview. I'm, you're actually passionate about the job, which is weird. You, you got probably got passionate about turf. Like they never saw at Sunnyvale, <laughs> Sunnyvale <laughs> Trailer Park days, <laughs> or Sunningdale. Sorry, um, you know what I mean. You probably came into Coca Cola like I love this, where everyone comes in and be like, Ugh, like you know what I mean. I had to sell water droplets, like Powerade drops, as part of my pitch in my Coca Cola interview. It was tough. Yeah, that's tough. How the hell do you I, sell that? I don't even know where I would go with that. I they gave me five minutes. And they said figure it out, and I figured it out. Yeah. And so so yeah. do you remember what your pitch was? Uh, not really. It had something to do with kids across the street, water. They want some other than pop, so we're gonna sweeten it up a little bit. It had something to do with along those okay. kind of lines. Nailed it. Yeah. I want it now. Nailed it. it Beer was good. Heineken. Heineken. How would you sell it? Oh, you know what, Heineken is fantastic and i'm not just saying it's one of my favorite beers just because i work there but i truly believe in the product and my background is dutch my family's dutch so my opa always had it in the fridge so it's like i was kind of born with a little bit of heineken in me how do you not hire that did you hear that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what fucking taking You're that guy like, damn opa in that. <laughs> i didn't even start the pitch yet that was just the intro that was just the intro but, but anyways yeah. you get this job at heineken yeah. They hook you up with a sweet car. Yeah. Justin got a branded Heineken mobile. How soon after you got that job did you get a branded mobile? Uh, it took about seven days. You were in a, uh, what was it? It was a Q3, Audi, Audi Q3. Q3 within yeah. seven days. Within seven days. You went from rocking the same 140 convenience stores to an Audi Q3 in seven days. Yeah. God bless this country. <laughs> and the bless. great thing I loved about this role going into Heineken was yes, I got that car, got great kind of uh, list of expenses covered for me as well also got a lot of attention from it got a lot of attention one time got stopped by a ponine right over in What's a, uh, ponine? a police yeah yeah like the cops ponine yeah i just used to call them that all the time never heard that no i don't think i ever heard that either well it's new you guys are always gonna say it now yeah okay too many jams listeners fucking ponines <laughs> spread the word <laughs> i'm sitting right at eglinton and young yeah and had someone on the speakerphone and i was like checking an email real quick. It was a red light. And all of a sudden I see the red and blue coming on behind me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm getting a ticket right now. Like I'm getting a texting and driving ticket. Like I'm, I'm screwed. Like I'm gonna lose my job, like everything. Guy comes up, knocks on the window, this big dude, big, big black dude, cop. And he, knock, <laughs> and he knocks on the window. He's like, hey, I'm like, yep. So I, I still keep the guy on speakerphone, but I turn it all the way down. So if he starts talking, he can't hear me or I can't hear him. Guy goes, if you don't give me all the beer that's in this car right now, I'm writing you up a ticket. <laughs> I'm just like, what? If that isn't a case of police corruption, if I've ever heard one. You know what? Hand him a six-pack voucher. He was on his way. And wait, do you think he came up to your car because you were in the Heineken mobile or because he saw you on your phone? 100%. Because after like my face Wait, 100% was, he saw you on your phone? No, I don't think he saw me on my phone. Oh, okay. 100% I think he saw me in the, the Heineken mobile. 
came up, six pack. wanted to bust my balls a little bit, probably wanted a free six pack, and then took yeah. off because after he saw my face, just like my jaw dropped. There isn't much on this planet that a six pack can't solve. Somebody no. should get that tatted on them, just saying. <laughs> Maybe you. Maybe. Okay. A, nice, a nice scroll on my back. Um, okay. Wow. So, yeah. so seven days, you get a fucking car. Yeah. You're loving this job. Yeah, it's great. So Nate, go through some more of the perks. Yeah. So you know what? The great thing about this job was that there was not really an account list. What I was going to do is I was actually going in to sell Heineken extra cold towers. And these towers are towers that frost up on the front that shows what kind of beer is coming out or sorry, what temperature the beer is coming out on. I know the ones, yeah. Yeah. And there's two of them. So you got two going up on the bar. So I'm going into all these places around the city, premium locations and making sure and trying to, to pitch them Heineken. But also not just Heineken. I was trying to pitch all of the Heineken portfolio, and that list just goes on and on and on. Who? Wait, it's uh, what are some of the more popular beers that they own? Like, it's part of that big Molson company. Yeah. So here in Canada, Heineken and Molson are partners. But Heineken owns Molson or no? No, they're just uh, so Molson distributes kind of all of Mol- of Heineken Heineken uh, products okay, here in sense. Canada. Like Heineken, everywhere else is on its own. But here in Canada, we're, we're we have a partnership with Molson. So like some big Heineken brands is like Lagunitas, Tecate, Soul, Love those. Dos Equis, oh, Moretti, Stop. Strongbow, okay. Red Stripe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a sick job. Plus you're going into all of these- Tiger, can't forget Tiger. All of these bars and restaurants um, and all these spots and you're making good connections with the owners of these places. Yeah. So every time you go there, you go in there and they hook you up. They got beer. They got yeah. food. You're. It's. It's. Uh, Didn't really buy a beer for about a year and a half. Wow. When I went out. Also, there is heaven on earth. And that just had to do with just creating great relationships and owners just hooking me up. I, I got to be honest, man. You like you're one of the most uniquely positive guys I know. Like you're you probably are perfect for this role. And it's one of these cases where like I don't know if law of attraction exists, but you have settled into the most perfect role for your characteristics i don't know Appreciate i could i couldn't ima- i couldn't imagine a more perfect role for you you know i had a ton of fun doing it i had a lot of fun doing it which led me to where i am today you're one of my favorite guys to slug beers with oh and it's your full-time job yeah it, he's it, a it, professional beer slugger and it never gets old never <laughs> the conversations that come out of having and like sitting around having beers with your buddies are, are endless uh, what are some of the other perks of the job like um Lots I'm, of trying a, to, I'm trying to figure out a way to extract value from the story at Heineken. Like lots of events, golf, golf matches. Uh, you just get to meet a ton of people. Um, you get to go to do a lot of cool things like the Casby's or just events around the city. You're always in beer fest or cabana. Or yeah, I guess the beer, beer business has a lot of events uh, like re- that revolve around it and, and everything. Right. So all the stuff happening all these events you get involved with whoever controls a beer too that means like you control everything you control you can get backstage you can get all this access you know what i I figured out a way how to get value out of this this part of the story is what are some of the downsides that people may not see what type of characteristics do you think make this job suitable for you that other people might be you know kind of seeing in themselves yeah so you know what i'm just you got to love what you're doing and you gotta be very, very passionate. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta know what you're selling. So what I did was I just studied up a lot about Heineken. I studied up about the process of beer, how it actually gets from Holland, Netherlands, how it gets to Toronto. And you know what? It's just cool stories that I can provide value to during my sales pitches to all these customers. So, But it's really just your it's, relationships with It's these my guys. relationships. And like being Personally. in this kind of industry, it's not a nine to five. Like you're not going out the door and you're not coming home at the same time every single day. Sometimes you're out at 11, you don't come home until two in the morning. So you gotta be willing to go out, kind of get your hands dirty and, and just grind. How many nights a week do you think you have to stay out late with clients and and, st- and people you work with and stuff? You know what, I, I kind of keep it on like an average, maybe, maybe one, two, and then there's always the weekend. The weekend is on top of that. You know what, so every time I step into a bar, I'm technically working. Right. So even if it's on a weekend or holiday or whatever whenever i go in there i'm still representing my brands that i'm taking care of so i like to make sure that i'm kind of presentable and can i kind of hold my character so what are some of the downsides is there any part of your job right now which you would you know you dislike or you change you know what my job now um since i'm not really in the field too too much is um is kind of uh you know what 
it's hard. I don't really think I have a whole lot of downsides. In the end, I'm just creating relationships with people and talking about beer. Well, well, actually, do you want to touch on your f- the job that you have currently because it switched yeah. over since Heineken and you haven't really recently spoke promoted. about it. Yeah, recently cheers. promoted. Recent promotion, yeah, cheers. which Thanks, is boy. sick. Opa. <laughs> yeah, so kind of at near the end of my kind of Heineken sales rep kind of career, I was going through a couple interviews, potentially moving out to Los Angeles, potentially moving out to Nevada, and then actually an opportunity came here in Toronto to be a distributor manager for Tiger Beer. And Tiger is one of the brands that Heineken has that's actually outside of the Molson portfolio. Ooh, okay. So I represent brands that are outside of the Molson portfolio now, but still employed by Heineken. <clears throat> There's so much opportunity. Every time you talk to me about work, you're, t- you're saying this massive company has such a small team yeah. and they give you guys a lot of responsibility. You're running a small brand or you're running a big brand with a small team here in Canada. Yeah. Like that must be, it must feel really good. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've got uh, people out in Vancouver now. I'm spending about 30% of my time on Vancouver. I get to go to San Francisco, New York. I get to travel a lot now with this new role, which is Asia awesome. Too. Going over to Asia. So the, the brand that I represent is Tiger. So yeah. it's brewed in Singapore. So I'm going to be going there for a couple weeks. Paradise. Paradise. Jesus. Yeah, right by the equator. Real nice and hot. It's so cool. Yeah, it's great. And you know what? Tiger's actually the largest, it's the fastest growing premium beer in the world right now. And you're on you're on the Canadian cutting edge of it right now. And like yeah. the head honcho of Canada. And how old are you, sorry? 27. He's 27 years old. Like, you're talking like a guy who's got 15 years in the biz. Yeah, I've only been in the biz for about two years. If that's not fast tracking, if I've ever heard it, (laughs) aka, this is why I think you've hit it perfect in your job. And this is like, we talk about entrepreneurship a lot on the show, about how the entrepreneurs. Oh, what that's what we see for ourselves, and that's the only thing we'll accept. And this is a perfect example of there is just as much benefit in certain jobs out there if you're willing to to make your way to them like everything about that is good there's entrepreneurial elements at least there's all the all the elements that we look for in entrepreneurial jobs exist in this role here except you get benefits you get a q3 you get unlimited beer and i don't even know where like exactly you couldn't have said it better and one piece of advice that i could give too is like don't be afraid to start from the bottom because good things are always going to come and it's going to turn you into a better leader and a better boss just because you're going to know every aspect of that business. Justin's one of the guys that gets the corners on everything. He gets corners. He's passionate about everything. And yeah, it, yeah, you have to be. There's so many guys that would have got that job and instead of studying beers, instead of studying all that stuff, yeah. they would just kind of float through it, be a medium producer. And that's why you're running Tiger in two years. Like well, it's crazy. Well, you know what? If you don't study up your product, people are going to see through you. And they're going to call bullshit right away. And if they call bullshit the first time they meet you, they're never going to give you the respect. And this role's uh, this role's so recent for you. You're yeah. still kind of learning and transitioning into it and stuff. It, it'd probably be hard for him to point out some of the stuff that he dislikes about the job because he hasn't really. Yeah, seen been about the two whole, and a half months. Yeah. Seen the whole side of things yet. I'm just so excited. I don't know why. Just that these exist out there. You know what I mean? Like I, it, there is there is definitely a way within traditional employment to to really carve out a cool life. Um, did I tell you I was in a beer a beer commercial recently? No, dude, I can't say the name of the beer yeah, yet. Yeah. It's one of the big ones. Did you enjoy it? Um, dude, it was a full blown commercial. I I went to auditions. I have like an agent that was sending me to auditions. I got called to a callback. I got cast. Dude, I was on set. That's amazing. I, I had like hair and makeup. Television air, like it aired on TV. It's not on yet. No, this was like a this was like at the uh, end of May. This was oh, like this was three recent. weeks ago. Wicked, dude. It was wicked. Like real commercial. When's this gonna air? I they no tell clue. you. They tell me nothing, man. They they uh, they're so secretive. I didn't even I didn't even know my role until I showed up. I like showed up and like I was sitting with all these actors and they were like. Uh, taking attendance and shit and I'm like yeah what are you what are we doing they're like oh, I don't know like I think we're just in the background at a party and I was like cool cool and then the guy's like what's your name and, and I said it, and he's like oh buddy he's like you're, you're sitting with the background talent boy he's like get back here <laughs> we had like our own room in the back with like a craft table and we had like I was paired up with this gorgeous um, like girl the whole day we were just dancing at this like fake beer party it's a nuts commercial if it ever airs i don't know when super bowl maybe i know i don't know you never know but if it ever airs keep an eye out out there for a a commercial with this long-haired 
Sty guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, for all the listeners, I currently have a sty. If you've ever heard of a sty or know, know what it is, I don't know what it is. I just, this is the first time I've heard about You're it. You're wearing some Boogie Nights glasses right now. It's stress for the upcoming exam. Yeah, I have this exam. I think the stress got to me, but basically it's like a pimple on your eyelid that looks so much worse. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so I have to wear these like weird rose glasses around all the time so people don't. I kind of like them though. Yeah, I could just say I have yeah, glaucoma or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if I got this sty before the commercial, they would have just fired me. Yeah, see you later. That's so scary now. I'm going to have that in my head. I didn't know these existed before. <laughs> so now I'm going to have it in my head that if I ever get cast for another commercial, I could just get a sty. And I don't know. Watch, you watch your eyes. Dude, I've never had this before. This is, I don't even like, don't even know how I got it. Talking about it is making my eyes water right now. <laughs> uh, if you want to know what I'm looking like right now, Google it. <laughs> you'll see um what else is there any is there any other going back to it is there any other advice anything like that um that you just life advice in general yeah something that someone told me one time was uh just be able to step out of your comfort zone and make mistakes because you always learn from all your mistakes so that's one thing that i've really taken to heart and especially being in a management role now is that you're always going to make mistakes, but you always got a good supportive team kind of around you to kind of pick you up. So that could probably be my biggest piece of advice. I think that's a good way to end it. Also, I'm in the need of a sales rep for downtown Toronto for Tiger. Oh, if no anyone shit. Knows. Yeah. So if any of you guys out there are fired up about um, this interview and you think you got what it takes and we only <laughs> want the best, if, if one of you guys call them and you're not the best, holy shit, buddy, <laughs> I'm coming after you. We want the best. Uh, we'll put uh, Justin's email in the Facebook post, hit him up, and uh, I think... Um, also, yeah. oh. <laughs> we forgot about one job that you had. You worked at Chill Ice Bar. I did work at Chill Ice Bar. I forgot about that. Yes. Bartending. So I, yeah, I was bar back in. I was bartending. I was doing a little bit of everything there. Oh, I was there. Yeah. Holy shit. I was, I was actually, there one night. I was, I was actually my first job in Toronto. That's a random bar. Like to go all the way back. <laughs> Great bar. Yeah. Awesome. Very Great speakeasy, speakeasy in the back. Yeah, I was at the speakeasy. Ice lounge. They have a, they have a uh, TV fireplace on the wall. Oh, yeah. Trip me out. <laughs> A lot of good nights there. And also keep an eye out. Well, I mean, we'll link Justin's social media in the description, but keep an eye out. He's got a lot of cool events coming up with uh, his, oh. his new Tiger promotions. So. We never gave away the beer from that one promotion. Who won that? Oh, yeah. My friend, Alex. Alex, sorry. Pearl. Uh, oh, it's a girl. Uh, no, no, his just his nickname is the Pearl. Oh, the Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Um, you know, the Pearl. If you're listening, uh, we still owe you that beer. We can hook that up. Um, we can hook that up. It yeah. was through yeah. Justin. Justin's one had passes, yeah. and also I have a case of beer. They gave me a voucher from this commercial, so we can double it down. There we go for interest. Well, I mean, it was supposed to be for the winner and a friend a winner and a friend so two two fours yeah there you go the pearl and friends <laughs> <laughs> all right should we should we wrap this up yeah i think that's that's it that's all dude thanks so much honestly yeah. god like that was cool thanks was for coming cool. on the show i appreciate the time guys um had a blast short notice and uh gotta get back to studying next week hopefully maybe or sorry next one hopefully get back in the studio we'll talk to leo yes we'll, we'll get, get back on that. track after this weekend once your exam is over summer starts i'm gonna spread my wings and fly big things big things <laughs> big things see you next next tuesday <laughs>